Thanks for listening to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Preparing your resume is an important part of your military to civilian career transition. Making sure that it's relevant and highlights your skills effectively can be challenging because your work in the military may not be easily understood by a civilian hiring manager. Your resume should serve as a snapshot of your accomplishments, education, and work experience. It should tell the story of not just what you've done, but where you want to go. With limited space, you want to make sure that you use it wisely to effectively sell yourself to a potential employer. Steve Jones, an Orion recruiter, joins the show today to discuss his advice on creating a winning resume. We'll discuss common mistakes, tips for making your resume stand out, and how to determine the length of your resume. If you're listening to this show on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, make sure you subscribe and share with a friend. We'd love to get your feedback, so make sure you give us a rating as well. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for a future podcast, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Megan. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you and get your perspective on this topic that we'll be discussing today. So we're going to be talking all about resumes, and I know obviously that's a very important aspect of a transitioning veteran's job search. But before we get into it, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a, a former Army officer. Um, I, I went more the traditional route uh, with you know doing ROTC. Uh, I graduated from Penn State University, and that's where I commissioned out of. Uh, I commissioned as an adjutant general officer or AG. Uh, so people that don't know what that is, it's pretty much just a personnel officer. Um, so I did that for, I was in for about five years. I did one deployment to Iraq uh, right towards the end of Operation New Dawn. Um, so I did that for a year. Then when I got back, uh, I, I petitioned myself to be the, the headquarters commander. Uh, so I did one year of command time as well. Uh, pretty much accomplished the two things I wanted, which was to command and to um, to deploy. So uh, pretty much made my decision to transition then uh, off of active duty. Uh, the cool part about that is, so when I was leaving, uh, I used Orion myself uh, as a as a candidate to help get my first job. Um, so I mean, my story is, you know, I didn't have a technical degree. Uh, my job in the military was, you know, not really something easily transferable to the civilian careers. So I really had no idea what I was going to do. So it was awesome to have Orion there uh, helping me with resume writing and doing the interview prep. And I went to a conference um, and uh, interviewed with several companies and uh, got a great job for a transitioning JMO like myself. So I did basically warehouse distribution. I was in customer service as a supervisor. I did quality assurance management as well uh, for about three years. Um, and then at that time, just this opportunity presented itself to be a recruiter with Orion. And I love my experience so much. And, and it was a no brainer. So uh, I came here a few years ago. I've been with Orion now uh, for about two and a half years, uh, just doing recruiting and uh, I haven't looked back. It's been uh, a lot of fun, a lot of joy, you know, working with other veterans and again, knowing, you know, how the transition goes and, and kind of going through that anxiety it's a lot of fun and very rewarding to help. Yeah, that sounds great. And, you know, when you shared that, what immediately came to my mind when you said your background in the military really wasn't transferable to many civilian careers that you saw at the time. I know that some positions, it's kind of more of a focus on soft skills and like, you know, leadership and different things might make you a better fit for a specific type of position. 
But when it comes to actually transferring your skills and trying to lay that out on a resume, you can talk about that just from your own personal background that I'm sure that was something that was hard for you as you're sitting there trying to come up with a one-page description of everything that you've done and how is it going to benefit a civilian organization. So it's great that you kind of have both sides. You've gone through it yourself and now you can help veterans do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, you know, exactly writing my resume. I remember, you know, it was about, uh, I guess, you know, five, six years ago. And I was like, man, I don't even know. I don't know how to lay out my skills. I don't know what I've done that a company's <laughs> going to find attractive. And it really worked out well. And I mean, uh, working with my recruiter at that time and, and uh, she reviewed my resume a few times and I had a couple of drafts and I mean, it was just such a help to have someone, you know, another set of eyes on it and that knew what they were doing and talking about uh, that really helped. So uh, I'll never forget mm -hmm. that experience. Awesome. Now, I think with some candidates, because, you know, a resume, it's really just a piece of paper. They might think, how important is it? So what would you say to a candidate that's wondering if their resume is really that significant and if it's really going to help them get a job? I mean, it's an obvious, I mean, it's extremely important. I, I, I use a lot of, uh, I use baseball as an analogy a lot of times. And here, the way I always tell candidates, you know, you can't get a hit if you don't get to the plate. Um, you may have the best personality ever and you may interview extremely well, but you're not going to get that chance if you don't have a good resume. I mean, it's pretty much a representation of you and it's, you have to have a good resume to get your foot in the door. Um, again, just having a resume that's not very attractive or very appealing, it's going to go right in the trash and they're never going to meet you and they're missing out on the opportunity to, uh, to interview you. And I can tell you, you know, as a working with Orion and working with our account executives, you know, when we present resumes to clients, you know, oftentimes they might come back and say, Hey, you know, I'm not, you know, we asked for, you know, X, Y, and Z as a fit here. We're not quite seeing it on the resume with us here to kind of help petition for you and say, Hey, you know, I understand, but here's what they've done. We've talked to this person, you know, several times and we really feel it would be beneficial for you to talk with them. When clients do that, I mean, they always, more often than not are coming back saying, Hey, you know what? You were absolutely right. Like they're a perfect fit. They're exactly what we're looking for. And they never would have talked to that candidate if they were doing it on their own. And just based on that resume, never got in front of them. Um, that that's very telling to me that, Hey, you know, your resume, if it's not doing you justice and you don't get your foot in the door there to, to sit down and talk and really sell yourself, then, I mean, it, you know, that's how important having that good resume is, you know, just to get that conversation going. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, it serves as your first impression. So, you know, we'll talk about some of the mistakes and different things like that later. But if you are presenting to a company a resume that, you know, has errors in it, whether it's, you know, typos or the grammar, like anything like that, it's serving as a first impression. So you, you don't want to give an employer cause without even needing you to get your foot in where you don't want to give them any cause to pause and say, I'm not sure if this person's the right fit based on things that could be so easily corrected. Absolutely. Now, so what are some of the top mistakes that you see candidates make when they're crafting their resumes? So there's obviously a couple of, you know, the real obvious ones. Um, so first and foremost, you know, spelling, grammar, things like that. I mean, you don't want to be the person that that has like attention to detail as one of your skills and then the word detail is spelled wrong <laughs> that's going to disqualify <laughs> you pretty much right away um so uh, making sure that all that's correct and i mean 
it, it has to go beyond just a simple, you know, spelling and grammar check, you know, in word. I mean, it, you have to have, you know, other sets of eyes on it. So obviously your own review of the resume, read it, make sure it makes sense, make sure it flows properly. Um, you know, obviously word can miss stuff. You might have a word spelled right, but it's not the right form of the word or, you know, it could be something, you know, that just doesn't make sense, that word doesn't catch. Uh, so it's effective also to have somebody else uh, review it as well. I mean, whether that's a friend, a spouse, a significant other, uh, whatever. I mean, have somebody else read it. I, I asked my wife to do that with my own resume. And even if everything was grammatically correct, you know, there were a few bullets where she's like, you know, I think it would be stronger if you reword it this way. Um, so just even having somebody else's perspective on it might help you reword a couple of things that just make it sound better. But um, so that's just some advice there. Uh, making sure, again, it's got to be squeaky clean on spelling and be uh, grammatically correct. Um, something else, I, I think, you know, formatting is very important. Uh, you can, I can open up a resume now and within a second, I know if it's in a good format or not. Uh, really the key here, it's got to be, you know, easy on the eyes. <laughs> it's got to be something that is easy for a hiring manager to to read through it, it looks nice, it's appealing, uh, and there's certainly ways to do that. I mean, having the right font, uh, you know, having the right um, the right size font as well. Um, I, I've seen some resumes just where like the margins are so wide uh, and then, you know, the bullets are indented so far, it's almost like they're starting in the middle of the page and it's just, it really does not look nice. It doesn't look professional. <laughs> it looks it just kind of disorganized and it's hard to, know read through bullets uh, you know with stuff like that so I mean having a very simple flowing resume uh, you know with you know the margins are the right size and you can play with those again if you don't have a particularly long resume sometimes having wider margins can be a good thing but um, if you have a nice you know a good size resume smaller margins can be easier to read um, making sure the bullets all line up I mean all that's you know, very important. Again, just the presentation of it will say a lot about you. I mean, if it looks sloppy, hiring managers might assume that you're also sloppy and, and not a good fit for mm -hmm. their organization. So um, the yeah. formatting is very important too. You know, and having someone else review it, I think, is key. I mean, all the things that you said are great tips. I feel like having someone review it, sometimes when when you know exactly what you did and so you feel like you've put it on paper in a clear and concise manner, you might feel that way because you know the background and you know um, the specifics of what you did, but maybe having someone else read it from an outsider's perspective, they can let you know. Sometimes you get tunnel vision. I mean, you're looking at it and thinking you're putting down your own experience on paper. You know what you did better than anybody else, but that doesn't mean that you're communicating it the most effectively. So I thought that was definitely a good point. And then also I saw an interesting statistic, I believe it was on Time Magazine, and um, it, said, it said that recruiters on average only look at resumes for six seconds. So assuming that you're in a situation where you're working with Orion and um, the account executive is really presenting your resume to the company for consideration, they're likely spending more time looking at it than that. But if they're just scanning it and giving it first glance, like you said, formatting is really going to be key. If it your resume looks sloppy and all over the place and, you know, some margins are wide and then, you know, too much spacing, things like that are definitely 
something that you can see right away and it's not going to give a very positive first glance at your resume. Absolutely. And what we see a lot, I mean, hiring managers are busy. I mean, they're, you know, all day. I mean, they're doing their normal job. I mean, hiring people is an additional duty that obviously they have to do and they have to find the right people, but that, you know, is not their main function at work. So, I mean, the time that they take out of their day, you know, to look through resumes, again, they have the talent acquisition and HR people to, to kind of sift through resumes, but when they get one that they want to review, again, if it doesn't, <laughs> if it's not the right format and just doesn't look presentable, I mean, forget it. They're not going to waste their time doing that. Mm-hmm, definitely. So we talked about some of the things that are mistakes that you don't want to make. So assuming somebody has followed all of those guidelines in terms of, you know, making sure that their resume looks presentable and making sure that they have someone else that has had eyes on it and can give them feedback, all the things that you just talked about. So those are things that they should, of course, do. But do you have any tips for them beyond that on how they can make their resume not only look good, but also stand out? Well, I think, and almost, you know, kind of continuing on some of the mistakes, I mean, avoiding military jargon, obviously that's, that's big. I mean, you want your resume to be translatable to whatever your, you know, whatever job you've applied for. Um, so, you know, hiring, you can't assume anything. You don't, you can't assume that a hiring manager is going to know what a military term is. And some of them get better. I mean, over time, if they've interviewed more military candidates, I mean, they, are starting to understand stuff. But even me, I'm, my background's Army. There's Navy terms that I don't understand. So um, if someone's a complete civilian that's never served, uh, you know, it, it might be very difficult for them to, to translate that stuff. So you want to make sure it's in the easiest, simplest forms that anyone can understand. And that goes along with also having someone else review it, um, especially someone non-military uh, that can look through it and be like, I don't understand what this is. Um, so have somebody kind of do that as well. Um, but other things to make it stand out, um, obviously, I mean, you want to highlight the good stuff in your resume. So typically, for any job that you're applying for, you want to tailor your resume to fit that job description. So you, once you get a job description it, and you understand what they're looking for, you're kind of, you want to pick out some keywords, uh, you know, that they have on that job description and kind of tailor your resume to, to fit those words into it. So whether that's, you know, project management, operations, you know, any type of leadership, even sales. I mean, there's keywords you want to use on your resume to kind of fit around, you know, what that, that job description is looking for. Um, and then, you know, a lot of times with resumes, like you said, I mean, if they're spending six seconds looking at a resume, typically it's going to be the top of the page, the, some of the keywords that stand out. Uh, so having a skill section uh, sometimes can be very effective to have, you know, five or six bullets of what are your main skills, you know, that you possess. So, I mean, if you're going after a project management position, project management should be in there <laughs> or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, time management or uh, organizational skills or something like that that just shows, you know, right off the bat that you're the right fit for this job just based on a few of these skill sets. Um, and then obviously, I mean, uh, prioritizing your resume uh, again, if you have more than one page, uh, sometimes hiring managers won't even turn to that second page. So you want to make sure that the relevant experience is up front. It's the first thing they see. It stands out very simply um, so that they can see the translatable skills that you have that fit well with the job that they're looking to fill. 
Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the keywords. So I know that's something that, you know, working with an Orion recruiter, obviously, if you are submitting a candidate for a sales role, sales is kind of the one that, you know, jumps to the jumps to my head, like immediately, because I'm thinking, well, a lot of people that serve in the military, they really don't think that sales would be the right fit for them, because they think, well, I don't have relevant experience. But a lot of times, the soft skills that are involved in making someone successful in a sales role, that's really what these hiring managers are looking for. So you knowing, you know, talking to the candidate, knowing what they did in the military, and then knowing what the company is looking for, you can help them find the keywords that are going to be good to put in their resume so that when a manager is scanning it, those keywords will jump out at them and they'll say, yeah, that's the right person for the job. Right. And so like staying on the sales part, like negotiation skills, that that could be a skill. I mean, many times, I mean, military leaders are negotiating, whether that's with, you know, your subordinate team on why your idea is the best one and, and why you're going to do it this way, even though it might be harder you're, you're selling an idea to them that, hey, this is the best way to do it for the long term and it's going to set us up for better success down the road than doing this something easy. No, that won't. So, I mean, doing that kind of sales, plenty of leaders, you know, officers, NCOs have been in those meetings with senior level leaders and you have to present your plan or, or present, you know, your thought on why something should happen, why the commander should be signing off approval on what you want to do. So all of that is part of sales. So, I mean, having those negotiating skills, being persuasive, you know, those are things that you could put on a resume, even though you might not have sales experience directly, you know, those are good key bullets to have or key words to put in for the skills, you know, for a sales job. Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. Now, you mentioned that um, a lot of times a manager won't even get to the second page of the resume, which I could definitely see that. So I've always kind of heard the one page standard. Do you think that that still exists or do you think that there are certain scenarios and times where it's fine to have more than one page resume? Usually, I mean, I'll tell candidates all the time, you never want to exceed two. I definitely would would keep it to two pages um, if you absolutely have to have a second page. And plenty of people will. I mean, if you serve, you know, 15 to 20 years in the military, um, odds are you're going to have enough meat on the resume that could fill two pages. Um, but again, I mean, you, you certainly don't want to have a page and then, you know, a paragraph on the second page. I mean, that's annoying. It's going to hiring managers that'll bother them <laughs> like more than you would understand. Um, so, but again, I, I think it's okay to have two, as long as you have, you should be filling the entire second page. If you, if you're going to go that route. Um, if you can't fit it all on one page, again, I think it's best to try to get it all on one, but again, to really highlight your skills and what you've done, you know, if it has to be on two, I I think that that's okay. Um, but again, don't assume they're going to go to that second page. Um, again, if they, you know, if we're presenting you to a client, then typically they're going to take a little more time to look through the resume, but if it's just, Hey, you know, we had these people apply to the job today and have to sift through a bunch of resumes. Again, a lot of times they don't have time to do it. So it's a little different if you're working with Orion and, and maybe going to a conference as opposed to, you know, just a one-off submission if you're doing something on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, another thing about, you know, just in terms of the resume length, I know you want to use your resume to kind of tell the story of who you are, not only what you've done in the past, but what you're looking to do. But I think it's important to also keep in mind that, you know, you want to include things that are really going to be relevant to the job search. So, of course, you could put, 
your military experience and list it out in detail, at least supporting information on what you actually did and accomplished and things like that. But um, yeah, like you said, depending on the length, if you can fit it on one page, if you're only going to have one paragraph on the second page, you might want to look at, am I going into too much detail that maybe doesn't matter to this manager or they're not going to be able to understand it? So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Absolutely. Yep. What about a cover letter? Do you see those being required very often? And if so, do you have any tips for writing a good one? You know, and to be honest, I don't. I don't see a lot of, you know, companies requesting them lately. I mean, it's rare. Usually they'll ask us for it. If they say, hey, you know, any candidates that are interested, please send us their resume with an accompanying cover letter. So that way we can tell candidates, hey, they're expecting that for this. Um, if you see it in an application process, obviously have one. Um, but again, more more often than not, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing clients are not looking for those necessarily. Um, my advice on writing them, uh, really the, the best piece of advice I can give is you should not have a blanket, you know, one size fits all cover letter that you can just take out the company name and insert whatever you're applying to. <laughs> that typically is not, it's not going to hit home. It's not going to have anything you know, that shows you've done some research, you're excited to come, you know, interview for this opportunity because of X, Y, and Z. I mean, you should put some specifics in there about the company to show, you know, why are you interested? Why is this a good fit for you? And try to, you know, again, you can find that on most home pages of a job or, or of a company, you know, try to find out what their culture is. What are their values? What is it that they, you know, what's the staple to their company, you know, that's important to them? And then, you know, try to put that in the cover letter of why you would fit well, you know, be a good cultural fit, and then, you know, maybe highlight some skills uh, that fit with the job description. So, again, just putting some specific things in there, uh, you know, that will, you know, hopefully help them see, you know, more than just your resume, but get a little more personal touch of who you are, and that sometimes can help. But, again, I mean, it's it's rare that I'm seeing cover letters needed now, but I certainly would have one you know, ready just in case and then be able to adjust it based on the job. Mm -hmm. Yep, I think that's a good tip. Um, so talk a little bit more about Orion candidates and I guess really the entire process. Like how does a recruiter typically work with a candidate to update their resume? Um, you know, does the candidate have their first draft and then they send it to the recruiter? How much editing, I guess, is typically involved? And, um, you know, if someone that's listening is interested in doing that, how should they get started? Uh, so really, I mean, any recruiter is equipped to do that at Orion. Um, so really the process, whoever you, you are initially talking with, uh, you know, so that first kind of, we call it an intake call, uh, to kind of get to know your background, get to know what it is you're looking for in the job search. Um, again, uh, you know, some people, I think sometimes get confused on, you know, the first person I talk to at Orion, should that be my main point of contact? And that's not the case. Um, again, if you're on the East Coast, you know, because that's where you are on active duty, but your plans are to move West, the West Coast team is, is more equipped to, you know, present opportunities to you and, uh, you know, get you in line with opportunities that align with where you're looking. So, uh, again, we're more regionally, you know, kind of, um, I guess, uh, kind of set up to, uh, to help. So uh, typically that first person that talks to you, though, will kind of, you know, they'll be the one asking for, you know, the documents that we need. So the resume is obviously the most important. So that's a person that you can always work with 
to get that initial resume uh, kind of fine-tuned. They'll, you know, we can go through and, and edit it. I mean, again, we're going to do the, the obviously read-through. So we're that second set of eyes for you. So we're going to make sure the grammar is correct. You have no spelling issues. And, and again, we're going to see if the bullets, you know, make sense, if they if they have quantifiable data. I mean, that's another big thing is you, you don't just want fluff bullets. Anyone who's written evaluations for somebody in the military, you know that it's important to put quantifiable data down for that person. So, I mean, it's just fluffed up bullets are not going to get you anywhere. Um, so we'll look at that, too, and try and say, hey, you know, can you add a little bit more info here or, you know, take this a step further and give me a little more quantifiable data for this bullet point or something like that. So we can definitely help with that. But again, as you're working with a recruiter for a specific position and you want to tailor tailor the resume, you know, to that job, I mean, any recruiter that you're working with should be able to do that. Very good. Now, do you have any other thoughts or advice for our listeners? Uh, really, the one thing, you know, I see a lot of resumes, um, from people maybe that have not worked with Orion before. Uh, what I certainly recommend, I think the best resumes that really stand out are ones that, you know, that they break down each each job or each position that you've held. The, the first thing, you know, obviously you list, you know, under experience, you have the job title and then, you know, the years or, you know, the basically the time frame that you worked in that position. Um, and then having a, a you know, a brief paragraph of what your responsibilities were. So what were the daily tasks and, you know, the overall responsibilities of that position? So a little summary of the job. And then underneath that is where you go into the bullets of what you accomplished. So the big things that, you know, that you accomplished in that position. So oftentimes I'll just see a job title and then a bunch of bullets. I, I think it is easier for a hiring manager to really get a good grasp of what you were supposed to do and what you were responsible for by having that, you know, that paragraph there that shows what your responsibilities were. And then those bullets just highlight the main things that you accomplished during that time. So I think that's the best way to write a resume. Again, I've had plenty of people get placed that didn't have a resume like that, but I just think that that really helps present you in the best light. And I think overall it helps to tell your story a little bit better, who you are, what you, you know, what your past position was. And then, like you said, use the bullets as a just place to list the accomplishments. And I think it's much easier to read. I like, again, I want to bring up your suggestion from earlier about including a skills section on your resume because I think that that's something, um, skills and qualifications, you know, that's something that every manager wants to know right off the bat. That's something that their eyes will immediately go to. Absolutely. Yep. Well, very good. Steve, thanks so much for doing this. And I hope this is helpful for anyone. And like Steve said, our recruiters are always around to help out with any kind of resume assistance. And then, of course, helping you find a civilian career. So thanks, Steve. No, thank you, Megan. I appreciate it. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond, so make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.